everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to a bonus episode of Every Version Ever. This special extended episode is my full conversation with Nikki from Trivial Theater that I used last month to make the most recent miniseries talking about four terrible animated versions of Alice in Wonderland. My original intent for those reviews was to have it be one full-length podcast, but once I started adding footage that I needed for Wonderland Wednesday, the amount of editing time usually at least triples. And then, of course, I got a full-time job in June, so with even more limited time, it made a lot more sense for me to use it as a miniseries instead. But then, after I finished the series, I still wanted to share the original full-length conversation, so I decided to release it as such anyway. And even though our subject matter is really terrible, <laughs> we worked so hard on this series and suffered through so much terrible animation that I want as many people as possible to enjoy the fruits of our labor. If you've seen any of these cartoons, you know what we went through, so hopefully you'll appreciate our sacrifice. And if you haven't seen any of them, then let this podcast serve as a warning to you. Don't watch these. Instead, listen to us talk about them, because I promise you'll have a lot more fun that way. So my original idea for this was to do two movies that I covered years ago on my channel as Wonderland Wednesday episodes that I just did by myself because like at the time I like I didn't know a whole lot of people doing movie reviews and I didn't want to subject my cousin Sarah <laughs> to watching <laughs> what I'd heard were like two abominable versions. So now that I've gotten to know you and how you don't mind watching bad movies, I thought, well, maybe we could revisit them. I, I don't know why I wanted to do this. They're really bad. <laughs> but I thought maybe it would be fun to revisit them with Nikki. <laughs> Talk well, about... I'm, I'm happy to be here to do it because they are... There's there's so many ways that you can take a tale and, uh, and spin it in a different way. And such a classic tale at that. And to see... Even amongst like the like, computer generated animation, you still get such a wide variety. Mm-hmm. And then I I knew I wanted to do those two. And then for some reason I decided to ask my friend Jenna if she had any others. She knows a, she she's like an Alice in Wonderland expert. I was like, Do you know any other really bad animated versions that we could cover alongside these? And she gave me two more. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll talk about those two first. Uh, just get I don't want to say get them out of the way because I, I think we're probably just going to get progressively worse as we go along but <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll talk about the first one that she sent me which is like barely over five minutes it's from a show called Increditales which I had never heard of before she sent me this thing and from what I can tell it's some show on Amazon Prime it probably didn't originate there it's probably some I don't know, some other studio, probably in a foreign market, making cheap animation to sell and try to, trying to earn a quick buck. Because that's how a lot of these really cheap, short versions are made. Because there are others not quite as bad as these. But there are a lot of studios that take fairy tales and other stories that are in the public domain and just make things for kids out of them just to make a quick buck. I used to see, a, when I was a kid, we'd see, like, at Dollar General, there would be, like, these videotapes that they'd always release, like, when another Disney movie came out, 
and I always thought that it was so weird. And looking back, I'm thinking they're probably doing that just to like trick somebody's grandma into buying the wrong movie. <laughs> oh, totally. And that happens so often. Yeah. So I think this is sort of the same thing, except this isn't like a movie. This is like a six minute segment of a show that was at least one season and had like three or four different stories in each episode. So there was a lot of content crammed into this series and really truncated, but it all seemed to be Disney ripoffs. Oh God. Yeah. I looked at all the thumbnails and it was just like really bad interpretations of Disney designs. <laughs> well, and they actually, you look at the, um, the actual characters and you don't get so that so much with Alice. Like she has a little bit of definition that makes her her own, but you look at like the Cheshire cat, um, the, uh, the, the queen of hearts, um, like all of the characters, they are basically, I mean, and even the caterpillar, they are mm-hmm. the ones from from Disney. There's yes. no like you look at it and it's like okay that is that is that is outright rip off. Yeah, it's like they didn't even try to hide the fact that they were stealing Disney's designs. No. <laughs> it was there's one thing that I didn't watch it, <laughs> maybe I will at some point, but I saw that in one of the thumbnails it looked like a really bad interpretation of the Grinch, like probably the most <laughs> recent Grinch one from Illumination Studio. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the title was The Man Who Stole Christmas. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so they're like trying to steal a book that they they can't obviously get the rights to, and they just change the Grinch to The Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, green a green man, you know, with a, you know, a. A green, angry man, you know, that's that's all really all you got to say, I guess. <laughs> the Hulk who stole Christmas. There you go. There you go. I like it. Or like the jolly green giant that stole Christmas. <laughs> it was the shortest. And I think generally speaking, the animation of the ones we watched was probably the best. But I feel like this one, if it was done as part of a series, it probably had more budget behind it. Probably... I don't know how to rate them on animation because they were all bad in different ways. And this yeah. one I feel like is just cheap. Yeah. It's, it, they didn't put enough animation into the characters. Right. Well, and it was all voice. It was all narration. There really wasn't any actual, there wasn't a ton mm. of actual voiceover or voice to speak of. It was all exposition. Yeah. Except she screamed when she fell down the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, and then least- she screamed when she met the Tweedles. <laughs> Which, for some reason, I found hilarious. Well, you know, if you're going to meet up with a pair of absolute twins that looks like um, they were straight out of uh, Disney properties, then, you know, I would scream, too. (laughs) Chances of getting a DCA or DMCA are pretty high. (laughs) I don't know how that show is getting away with it, especially since Amazon is hosting it. Yeah. But do they know that Amazon has so much content and a lot of it is uploaded by individual people? So there's no guarantee, like, there's no guarantee that they're going to know. Hmm. Unless it's brought to their attention by somebody, which, you know, if you're Let's talking... Let's out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 I, I will say this one also, you know, you get like that, that like the, you know, like four to six-year-old programming, like the, like 
for kids ages four to six or in that realm. Uh-huh. This felt very much like like a blue, not a blues clues, but like that realm of or um oh what was the there was like Emily the Princess or whatever like those kind of shows like it kind of fits into that felt like that realm of 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 age group. To me, this felt like those cheap YouTube videos that people used to make for kids. Oh, yeah. They Maybe they still, still do, but sure after the can. whole Child Protection Act or whatever, they kind of disappeared. Yeah. I think some companies still try to get by with making them, but there was like a period of time where these were like super popular, just people churning out the most basic content for kids just to get clicks and money. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what this felt like, but maybe with a little bit of a budget behind it. Yeah, Just I was a little say, bit of a budget. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, from a general perspective, the the animation was maybe more consistent. Like it, it, like it moved with the environment. You didn't see someone jump up five stairs, you know, and, and make like they were going mm-hmm. up ten. It, it, it felt a little bit more like there was a little bit of care behind it. Mm-hmm. From that perspective. Despite the Disney rip, like the Disney ripoff part of it is obviously terrible, but it was mm-hmm. at least a consistent, everything sort of worked within the world. It looked like it all fit. Yeah. I feel like the best part of this in a weird way was the backgrounds though. Oh yeah. Like I feel like that's where they put the most work into because I actually okay. liked the weird forest where the Tweedles were. It was just kind <laughs> of eerie, but in a cool just the colors and the designs, I kind of liked that. Uh, one other touch in the background that I I sort of liked, it was random and weird though, was when she falls down the rabbit hole, there's like a giant ground sloth skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> like one of those prehistoric giant sloths that's just randomly at the bottom of the hole. <laughs> I don't know why, but I kind of liked that, even though it didn't fit with what should have been there. I thought that was kind of creative-ish and just something that you're not going to find in any other version. No, it definitely, like you say, the the backgrounds and the animation aspect of it was uh, pretty solid across the board. Um, And the voiceover did what it needed to do. I think it did a relatively straightforward narrative. Like they didn't go off on too many random tangents. They kept the story pretty lean. Which obviously you'd have Very to. Very lean. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I guess if you're going to say they didn't try and shove too much in, they kept it, they kept it, you know, moving along at a decent pace, I thought, at least as yeah. much as they could. <laughs> well, there were a few random things in here that I thought were amusing in a bad way. How about it? <laughs> so in the scene with the rabbit at his house... In the story, she's supposed to be in the house, and she, I think it's she finds another drink me bottle, and ends up huge, and stuck in the house. In this version, she finds this random macaron on the ground, and eats it, and then trashes his house. (laughs) She's outside, so she had to, like, run through his house. It does not show this in the animation. It just says that through the narration that his house is ruined, and it shows the crunched after effects (laughs) i just thought it was hilarious that she's outside she finds this random cookie eats it and then destroys his house (laughs) (laughs) well you know that is what happens if you eat too many macarons i mean i can't tell you how many houses i've destroyed you know after i eat macarons (laughs) apparently they're a dangerous dessert 
And then the carrot brings her back down. What was it? And I don't remember. Was it the carrot that brought her back down to normal size? No. In the book, they're throwing pebbles into the into the house at her, and then they turn into little cakes, which she eats, and then she shrinks. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, in this version, also, even though the animation was a little bit better than some of the others, there were little weird mistakes here, like when she's at the caterpillar. She walks by him and her bow cuts off his head. <laughs> just for a few frames, the, the bow just like slices right between his head and his body. <laughs> her feet didn't like to stay on either. Like they were kind of all over the board too. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't pay close enough attention. They're pro- this is probably like a hurried production. They're trying to get as much out as they can. Oh, I'm sure. I love the fact that her head is like a balloon. Like it bounces up and down and it kind of changes shape as she walks. <laughs> her eyes kind of, well, all the eyes kind of do a little bit of that too. The, I yeah. did not like the eyes. They were creepy. They looked like those, um, you know, Thai Beanie Babies? Oh, yeah. After, they... after Beanie Babies, they made these other things. I don't know what they're called, but they have these giant eyes. Mm. And they just like stare into your soul. And that's what these <laughs> eyes looked like. <laughs> They are surprisingly detailed. Like everything else has a relative amount of detail, but it's still it's very like clip arty. Yeah, their uh-huh. their eyes though, like they are definitely detailed. <laughs> and the beanie baby things you're talking about, like they've got massive heads and then tiny bodies. Yeah. The rest of the story is very truncated and off as well, because she goes to the tea party, but for some reason the Tweedles are there. And none of the other characters other than the Mad Hatter, just the Mad Hatter and the Tweedles for some reason. And then she goes to the castle and the cards are just painting flowers. There's no, there's no like talking about why they're painting flowers. This is just they're painting flowers. And they're pink. They're not even red. <laughs> they're like, they're like a, like gradient, like a, like two shades of like, like rose and really light pink or something like that. And they're, they're heart shaped. <laughs> yeah. It's they they didn't pay enough attention to the point of them in the story. Yeah. And then the queen just unprovoked shouts off with her head when she meets her and then she runs away and wakes up and that's the end. Well, you know, if I came across someone with a gigantic head and like really freaky eyes, I would yell off with her head as well. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like prejudice to me. How, how many how many large-headed, large-eyed people do you run across in a day-to-day thing? If that came across you in real life, I think you'd probably do the same. I mean, the chances of that bow cutting off another caterpillar's head, <laughs> are you willing to take that chance? Because I'm not. Behead them before they behead you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sure there's a whole lot else to say, although I will say with all of these adaptations there's that one shot where there's just like a random shot of like every possible character like whether it's that in the did seem to be a thing that happened a lot yeah like like either the the tea party well and there's only so many places you're gonna have a large group of people mm-hmm. but like the tea party or um the courtroom like there was at least one they're like oh look at all the awesome things that we made aren't they amazing <laughs> wouldn't you like to join us and invest in future episodes yeah, I mean, the courtroom does have a lot of returning characters at the end, but they seem to cram a lot more than were in the book into the last scene. Yeah, 
Yeah, they do. They and do. some of them just made up like random scenes. Like, well, I mean, we'll get there. But there was one version that had just them all the characters just showing up. Actually, more than one version just had all the characters show up at the end for no reason. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's like that. Fine. It's like a curtain call in in, in theater. You know, you want to make sure that everybody remembers all the amazing character designs that you came up with. Because they are so well drawn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess we can move on to the other one that Jenna recommended. It's from a studio called Video Brinquedo, which apparently is a Brazilian animation studio. And I did not know at the time until I looked up the studio. They are the studio behind a bunch of now famous Disney ripoffs including well not just disney dreamworks as well including little panda fighter which oh, is oh my god which, which is I've the kung fu panda these. ripoff I've and ratatouille oh which is that the ratatouille so ripoff oh that one that one is they um i have a i know someone that did um like he did his best of um the not disney collection and the not dreamworks collection and ratatouille and um little panda fighter and there's about six or seven others and the quality is just, I, I think the quality on this one might actually be better than most of them. That's what I was going to say. I have not subjected myself to either of those so far. I have. <laughs> but from what I've seen in clips, this, as as cheap as it was, still looked better than those. I think, you know, you talk about pulling from Disney. There was like... Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I think they pulled from the live action Alice. I was going to say that too. They look like Burton ripoffs. Yeah. There was a couple of things that looked like Burton ripoffs, but they were the first one that I noticed. Oh yeah. Well, the Mad Hatter, (laughs) Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that was, oh yeah. I think that was really the the two main ones were those Those are the two that jumped out to me the most. And then also they, they talked about the unbirthday. That's not, I think as far as I know, it's been a while since I read the book. I think that's just Disney. I think that was only Disney because that's never come up in any other version. The unbirthday. They didn't actually sing the song, but just talking about unbirthdays, I don't think that's from the book. I think they stole that from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. And you know, that's the thing. Like this one, I, I don't know if this one or the other one or uh, the matter with Hatter like kind of stray more from the actual Disney story, but the amount of strayage between these two, it's so like stuff just kind of happens. Yeah. They just made up random yeah. plot points. Yeah. I guess we could talk about how it opened the music. Oh God. The what was soundtrack? with the music? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you what you thought of the country music soundtrack, but uh Wow. That was incredibly <laughs> random and terrible. <laughs> it certainly sets this one apart from others, though. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, I don't it, know it, why they went with country music of yeah. all genres. And it feels so out of place. Like, there's no... They, they didn't... It's like they didn't give any thought. They just, you know, closed their eyes and picked a track at random. I I imagine they must have just been trying to find some sort of royalty-free music that they could use. Oh, I'm sure. I can't but imagine you know, that this was a choice that they made on purpose. <laughs> well, you know, when you when you put so much into your, you know, Disney slash DreamWorks ripoff, 
music <laughs> is you know top of your charts as far as what you're going to worry about. Ugh. <laughs> Another really weird thing was when the narrator's talking at the very beginning, he's making like a big deal about how long ago this story happened. But then Alice starts talking. She's like, this book is a drag. And then she's like, what a drag later. And saying things like, this totally stinks. <laughs> yeah, there's a ton of fourth wall breaks. And I I, I don't know why. It's like, from, a, from the perspective of the audience, the way this is set up, it feels like the most kiddish of, of the ones that we've looked at. Uh-huh. Um, but like the fourth wall breaks and some of the puns, it's just... I'm trying I couldn't to figure, figure out, out what they were for. going for. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it felt like in the right hands with a, some script rewrites, there could have been something here. Like, this could have been like an Alice spoof. Yeah. Especially with all the fourth wall breaking. Absolutely. But I, it didn't come off as clever enough, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It just... There was something about it, even though I wanted to like the fourth wall breaks, I didn't. Mm. Agreed. Did you enjoy the um the when the narrator describes her um youthful girlish curiosity is what made her jump down the rabbit hole? I don't know what they were going for with that scene, especially with the way she was acting. Oh my god! And then she's in like a bubble, and she wants to go faster, so she busts the bubble. It, I I don't, <laughs> I. I yeah, I don't know. There's so many scenes in here that was just so confusing. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, no, I I agree that there's I um and she asks she she both complains a ton and I understand that they they're going for a little bit more exposition from her like her talking to herself, mm-hmm. but she balances out like she complains a ton, and then she asks herself a lot of like rhetorical questions and part of me is like you know you don't have to worry about you know talking to yourself if you answer yourself and she was doing both (laughs) what did you think of the cheshire cat it was slightly less creepy than another one that we're going to come to but it was still not creepy in a good way what about his voice what what i want to know what they were going for because this it reminded me of another one we're going to talk about it sounded like he was just trying to be like this hip, cool, like cool cat or something. Oh, totally. That's that's totally what they were going for. There's, but it was, oh, it was such a strange. It, it was not the voice I would have expected. Whoever they cast as the voice actor for that one, I don't know what he was trying to go for, but it definitely didn't come off the way I think they were probably trying to make it go for. Yeah. Like the whole thing just, I don't know. It just, it was weird. I don't know. And just the long bits of talking. And again, you wonder who this was made for because there was just, there was just long bits of just talking and it didn't move anything. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're talking kids, even in the early, because I think, what was this, 20? I'm actually not sure what the year on this one is, but it's the 20 somethings in the 2010s at some point. You're not going to hold a kid's attention if you're doing that much back and forth without something going on. Everything was so simple. And you can have mm-hmm. a very simple background, very simple characters. Because Alice herself was, you know, had a fair amount going on, despite the terrible animation. But 
you got to have something to make up for that. You know, if you're going to have simple backgrounds, you have to play well with them and make them work. And the things they were pulling, it just, it didn't make sense. There wasn't a lot to it that, that, that drew you in, Mm -hmm. which is why we're discussing it, obviously, but still. (laughs) Well, let's talk about something else that doesn't really make sense. Let's talk about all the changes they made to the story. Oh my God. Particularly with the queen having like, security cameras around wonderland for some reason spying on people trying to figure out who's a foreigner and sending out guards to capture foreigners oh yeah and now is that supposed to be like were they going for some kind of a message with this one i don't know it felt like they were they were trying to cover some there was some quote-unquote greater message to this one it felt like and i don't know like I, you do have a little bit of social commentary with some of these other, like the little panda fighter. There is commentary and such, but this was so bu- above what you th- would think their target audience would be, as far as like like a message. Maybe. I don't know. I it, didn't it was... get anything like that out of it. No, agreed. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. Yeah. No, I agree. Oh, I had to laugh at the um the uh, tea party conversation. It was so like weirdly deeply philosophical. Like they started going back and forth and all I could think was the second Matrix movie where like they get into these deep philosophical discussions that ultimately don't lead anywhere. <laughs> the tea party scene was weird. That was another one where the the right characters did not show up. For some reason it was the white rabbit and it's revealed that he w- he was running away from Alice cuz he just didn't hear her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And that's that's where you meet the Hatter who looks Burton-inspired, but he also looks kind of vampiric. Oh, yeah. Very <laughs> much so. Well, and he had the two different colored eyes and that whole bit. Um, did you find that the animation reminded you of Foster's... Like, if you've ever seen Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? I have, but it's been years, so I don't remember it too much. Like, especially the playing card guards reminded me just a ton of them. And I... I like just some of the, I think it was just some of the way it was drawn. And I don't know if that was um, intentional or whether that was just, they were going for a really simple, cheap animation style. I have a feeling it was because it was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> like there were so many things in here that were cheap. Like the way the cat sat, like you could tell that they had the pieces of the body. Like you could only move them in certain ways. And to get the cat to sit down, his legs had to be bent in unnatural positions. <laughs> he, he, was, he was almost sitting cross-legged more than he was anything else. Yeah, kind of. And it changed halfway through. Like the first half when you saw him, he was sitting kind of funky. And then later his legs were just out in front of him like he was sitting like with his legs straight out. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Yes, that it was. What did you think of the Frog Prince segment? <laughs> That's what I was just going to mention. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was the one where, that was like the main place where all the fourth wall breaking was happening. And I was like, what is, what are they going for here? Because it felt so off. Like none of this is supposed to, like at first I thought the frog was supposed to be the frog footman. Because there's mm-hmm. a frog in the story, but he wasn't wearing the clothes that the frog footman is supposed to wear. And then he starts breaking the fourth wall. And then you find out he's the frog prince from a different fairy tale. And then he's talking about trying to get other fairy tale creatures to kiss him. And he wants a kiss from Alice. And it was just so weird. 
Well, and I wonder if maybe that's, you know how sometimes like John Ratzenberger makes um, an appearance in every single Pixar movie? Maybe they were trying to do something like that. Like maybe he's a reoccurring character across all of their movies. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I can't. I don't really want to watch any others to find no, out. <laughs> I don't blame you. And I'm trying to think. I don't remember seeing him in Ratatouille or uh, Little Panda Fighter. So my thought is no. But that random of a thing. There's got to be some. And I say this, putting intention where there may not be any. Yeah. But th- I would think there's got to be some reason to animate all that stuff with the frog. Maybe. Or maybe it was just filler. Maybe they're trying to reach a certain minute length and they threw in this random frog because they thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like um, they run across, there's a bunch of ice cream flowers. Oh, and... that too. That's... There, there are things in the original story that she eats to shrink and grow. Why not have the actual things from the story? Instead, it's vanilla ice cream flowers and candy drop flowers. Right, and it's weird because like the the ice cream flowers make her shrink, but then she does. She has this one off line about how, oh, my sister always said that ice cream is supposed to make you gain weight. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then yeah, the the gumdrop flowers make her grow, and they keep telling her that she needs to, like she she fills up her pockets with these gumdrop flowers yeah. and it's never brought up again I, I expected that to be at the end because in the story at the end she grows enormous before her she wakes up and i thought that that's what they were going to end up doing like that's she's taking the candy drop flowers for later because she's going to eat one and grow during the courtroom scene and then that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay so why did she take extra <laughs> Well, you never know when you need a good gumdrop flower that'll make you grow. I guess so. <laughs> uh, did you notice, too, like with the animation, the way that she drank stuff? Like, it didn't even hit her lips. It was just like, you know, quickly raised bottle to lips and then back down quickly. Mm-hmm. With a kind of gulp sound effect. Yeah, just the very cheapest. <laughs> so then at the end, she does end up getting captured. And then she's dragged to the queen who calls for the prime minister, who is the Cheshire cat, apparently. <laughs> None of this is in the book. I've never seen any other story do anything like this. This is all stuff they have to be making up themselves. And I, I wonder, too, generally when this came out, because if it came out close to when, with with a lot of these, um, they'll not necessarily have the the plot of the story but they'll kind of take it and go in their own direction. So Little Panda Fighter came out to, to be able to come out the same time as um, Kung Fu Panda. They they saw the trailer. They saw, okay, we've got a panda that can do Kung Fu. And then they kind of took it and went in their own direction with it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was the case with this. Like they saw um, the live action Alice in Wonderland movie and took what they saw from that. So they saw the Mad Hatter. They saw uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And they just kind of did their own take on it. And they made it their it own? It could be. Like, if it did come out in the early 2010s, maybe that's why. Maybe they were just trying to copy Burton's version. I that don't would know. Be my, that would be generally my guess, but without knowing exactly what year it came out, it's hard to say. But that's that's how they rush out prints so quickly, and that's how it comes out like at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? 
because they did it with like cars and they did it with um what else did they do brave they did it with all kinds of stuff so i wouldn't and they did it with frozen too i think i, so I know i've me. seen covers for some of those i've never like looked into how how well they did in, oh, they in ripping don't. them off but there, there's even some where they'll repackage like other movies so they'll take like a 2d animated movie that takes place in the snow and might involve a princess and pop a you know like frozen hero or frozen whatever and and go that route so with a very similar font and everything so i, I wouldn't be surprised there should be laws against this. If I were a <laughs> child, I would be so upset if if oh, I yeah. thought I was getting something like Frozen and I ended up with some horribly animated abomination. <laughs> <laughs> no, agreed. But that's the thing. It's it's like if it's like over fifty percent your own, you know. And as long as there's enough, it's like logos. As long as there's, I think it's like thirty or forty percent different. You know, and it can be small things, mm-hmm. like it with a cover art type of stuff. I mean, it's up to the consumer to see. Oh, well, this isn't clearly what what it what I thought it was. So yeah, it's it doesn't have to be that far off. And if no mm-hmm. one sues, then you can go ahead and do your thing. Just that certainly seems, brought down the mood of this wrong. one, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess we could just skip to the end because the end was just as weird and abrupt as everything else. Oh yeah with all of these it's amazing like how how you talk about abruptness all of them followed that Mm. same abrupt like they were all abrupt (laughs) yeah yeah i mean technically the original story is sort of abrupt too but these were just abrupt abrupt yeah it goes from everything to nothing and like no time flat yeah there's like usually hardly any transitions for most of these yeah and i suppose like if she's waking up out of a you know quote-unquote dream you know it's going to be quick but the way they went about it just there was (laughs) i hate to say there were loose ends but there were there were loose ends that were never taken care of and then all of a sudden oh i'm awake yeah that's probably one of those things that they just don't care about as long as somebody's grandmother thinks it's the real thing and buys it for the kid exactly (laughs) and by that point you know how many people are still watching at that moment in time who knows i i feel like when I was a kid, I would just watch things through. I feel like, I don't know that I would have even stuck through this, something like this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she apparently insults the queen. She's going to be beheaded for that. And then the camera like zooms into her face. She's like, this can't be happening to me. And I think she repeats that more than once. And then she wakes up and then that's the end. But the Cheshire cat is in a tree. Yep. <laughs> and, and And the queen is just... Like the design on the queen is, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's so weird. It, yeah. It's like they took the king and queen and kind of merged them into one character. That There's not enough features to be one way or the other. Yeah, you're kind of right. It's not ugly yeah. animation on anything. Like Cheshire Cat looks okay. And I guess Alice looks okay. But by and large, just the animation, it's just, mm-hmm. there's not enough for it to be, for me to say, oh God, what is that? But it's not enough to say, oh, it's really pretty. It's just... I don't know. Like, it's not one that will stick with me in in any way. (laughs) No, I watched all of these today. Like, I ruined my entire day watching all of these in one day. (laughs) And my brain is already erasing things. (laughs) It's like, get this out of here. (laughs) 
Well, I did the same thing. So, but I, I think you almost, when you're in that, when you're in that place, I think you almost have to watch them back to back. Yeah. I just, I kept putting it off cause I've got another podcast that I'm trying to catch up on a whole bunch of stuff for. Mm. And this one I kept putting off and then I ended up having to cram in the final day. So <laughs> I did it to myself, but I mean, I guess I get all the pain over with yeah. in one day instead of spreading it out. Well, I, I'm glad that you uh, chose to share that pain with me. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you're one of the people who would mind the least. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, I, I, considering what I what I do on a normal basis, I, I, I can understand and appreciate that. So, uh. Well, I guess we can move on to the two that launched this whole idea. <laughs> it's the, uh, the face that, that um, sailed a thousand ships. <laughs> or the, sorry, the face that launched, yeah, launched a thousand ships. Getting my metaphors mixed there. All depends on which version you're talking about, but there are some terrible faces in both of these. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with what's the matter with Hatter. Yeah. I mean, at least with the five minute one, you can say that, you know, things were generic, but they were at least decently generic. Look, Like they were good looking generic. Mm -hmm. Like things got kind of weird with the other um, 40 minute one. But God, yeah. they get so weird in this one. Yeah. <laughs> this one, it's like they took the very, very basic idea of Alice in Wonderland and then just dumped a whole ton of random other stuff into it. And oh, it's yeah. almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Except for, like, some character names. Yeah. that Some of them... <laughs> I mean, the one thing you can say about every one of these, you know, they took the same base idea and they did do their own thing with it. They made it their own. And you mm -hmm. get four very you know, by and large, different interpretations, whether that be through the graphic side or through the audio side. Mm -hmm. But well, this one is the, the most different graphics uh, wise. Yeah. <laughs> this oh one God. is CGI. The others are all 2D animation. And this is, this, <laughs> this is just so bad. It's like plastic characters. Like I've seen a couple of Barbie movies and Barbie movies are so much better than this. And I think they were made before this. Agreed. Agreed. I feel like this has no excuse for as bad as it looks. Probably not. Although, um, like the animation wise, I think it does sit on the same level. You know, as we were talking about with that last one, I think it does sit on the animation level of like a little panda fighter or um, the uh, um, Ratatouille. I think it does that. It has that same level of, of 2D or 3D animation. Mm -hmm. where it's there's someone that had a basic idea of how to program 3d animation yeah but there's not a lot above that it's it's just that that little tiny bit above it like base level so like i look at alice's hair and oh my god like it doesn't move it's like you mm -hmm. know a little over her shoulders like she could be you know bent over 100 percent forward laying down and it would still be the exact same like like helmet of hair it's like a Lego piece. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it totally is. I never thought of that, but yeah, that is, that is, oh my God, that's totally right on. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and 
and like her little apron thing there's no there's no um like belt part of it there's no part that goes around her waist it's just like on the front oh i didn't even notice that that's terrible (laughs) and like when she has like the mirror she sticks it like inside the apron and it's like a giant kangaroo pocket (laughs) maybe they think that that's what aprons are (laughs) i i don't even know Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, God. And I, I am curious. So they kept referring to, like, the dog is is named Jabberwock. Is it Jabberwock yeah. or is it Jabberwocky? I always thought it was, like, the creature from Alice in Wonderland. Isn't that Jabberwocky? I think the... Uh, I don't remember for sure, but I think the poem is Jabberwocky and the creature was a Jabberwock. Oh, okay. That might be where I'm screwing up. But yeah, that was another thing that they just made up because she didn't have a dog. She had a cat named Dinah and Dinah did not go to Wonderland with her. But in this one, the dog is who's chasing the rabbit. And that's why Alice ends up in Wonderland because she's trying to get her dog back. Uh, you know, it makes sense or something, <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, again, I guess it was that one thing that they added that made it their own. But mm-hmm. <laughs> they had more than one thing to make this one their own. <laughs> they did that they did uh when she's fallen down the the hole i i was so it was i don't know why it struck me as so strange but like everything about her her descent it just i don't know i i can't describe it it was just so weird (laughs) yeah and the also the fact that she's joined by the creepiest cheshire cat ever yeah (laughs) there's there's an old 1930s version of alice in wonderland that it has a creepy cheshire cat but i feel like this one puts that one almost to shame because that one was just a guy in a really ugly suit (laughs) this is just like bizarre in the worst possible way yeah and the places that it shows up it's like he shows up in the back of random shots without any there's no reason for him to be there he just like Oh hey, we've got an open spot. We need to throw something in there. Let's throw the Cheshire Cat because reasons. Yeah, the Cheshire Cat is not a character who appears throughout the entire story. He has a couple scenes that are his scenes in the story, and that's where he's supposed to be. And this is like he's a main character. He just keeps coming back. And <laughs> you don't want him to because he's so like I feel like he could traumatize a child. He's so ugly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, especially when it's just the teeth, like oh, that yeah. part of it. Because the what? gums are still attached. Yeah. <laughs> oh my oh gross. Yeah. Well, I would rather see, you know, like there's those kind of like goth nightmare versions of the Cheshire Cat. Like I would rather see that than, than yeah. this version of the Cheshire Cat. I think I would agree with that. <laughs> like, because you know, those can... are like creepy on purpose for That's like, there's aesthetic reasons for them to look the way they do. Oh, this yeah. is just creepy accidentally, which makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we've come to a consensus about what's worse, intentionally creepy or unintentionally creepy. <laughs> <laughs> One will probably traumatize more children because parents were more likely to show it to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without doubt. The other thing that kind of, and I'm just looking at, I've just got a still of it up right now, and I can't think of what the character's name, but there was like um, a character in Thundercats, like the 1980s Thundercats. And he's like a little helper guy. 
I know who you're talking about. It's, now that's going to drive me crazy. Uh, I, do you mind if I look it up quick? That's fine. I okay, should know give me it. Just a I've, second. I haven't seen the 1980s one, but I've seen the 2011 one. And I think they had the same character there too. Just snarf. Yes. Yes. Snarf. That's it. That's it. <laughs> like that, that right there is like snarf's like less cool cousin. <laughs> but he's really trying to be cool because with that voice, you can tell that they're also going for like a cool cat vibe. Oh yeah. And it is not working. Well, you know, when you look at, and again, I, I think this came out in 2007, so I'm pretty sure it preceded, um, like, the Burton Alice in Wonderland movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, it did always have that kind of a, you know, a jet, not not jazzy, but like that kind of a, like, chill lounge guy vibe, you know, just that, like, the always cool guy, you know, that's always, since even, and I think probably even a little bit in Disney's, like, the animated Disney movie. He did always have that little bit of a more slick, cool guy vibe. Maybe. I never really thought about it like that. But this one, it seems to like be intentionally playing that up to a bad degree. Uh, agreed. Oh, uh, fun fun a bit of trivia on this version. When they get to the door room, the, door, the doorknob that actually speaks was a direct ripoff from Disney of the, of the door frame from there, or the doorknob from there. Yeah, I was going to mention that because that was a Disney original character. Like, that, there are no talking doorknobs in the story. There aren't any in other versions. Only Disney's. And they just stole that. Yep. Oh, it was an outright ripoff. <laughs> Another thing that they put their own spin on is the thing that makes her grow and shrink is not eating things. She has a magic mirror. Oh, for yeah. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, give her a mirror, like Beauty and the Beast. Except instead of seeing other people, she sees herself as a different size and then becomes that size. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, that was... And, and the descriptor, the, the reasoning behind it, a, mic, or a um, magnifying glass versus a looking glass. So those weird. Are two completely different things. Oh yeah, well that that doesn't make a difference here. I mean, look <laughs> at the size of Cheshire Cat's teeth compared to the rest of his Ugh. body. In real yeah. life, he would topple over forward because his teeth probably are half his body weight. They probably are. <laughs> but that is going to haunt my nightmares. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I don't really blame you. They are really yeah. awful. <laughs> What did you think of the uh, the vast array of puns and how terrible they were? They're annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can appreciate a clever pun, but when it's just puns because they think they're being hilarious and they're just not, it's just painful. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, uh, yeah. Oof. And they're they're everywhere. Like I'm a I'm a huge fan of puns, but this this version, I never want to do another pun again after watching this. <laughs> you you have put me you this whole experience has put me off puns, and that's saying something. Uh, yeah, like there are ways to do puns that I can appreciate that I think are clever, but this ain't it. <laughs> yeah, well, and with this version and the other forty minute version that we watched. They felt it seemed like they felt the need to describe everything in 
excruciating detail. Like there was no, there was no letting the story do its thing. It's like, oh, did you know that this is the Cheshire cat and he disappears and sometimes leaves his head? Can you believe that he leaves his head behind? How does he do? You know, it's that level of just explanation. There was another scene like that towards the end of this one during the courtroom scene where, because they actually do have the tarts in their own weird way, which they they do their own bad spin on. But the tarts are a thing in this one, which they should be. But they're delivered by a kangaroo. I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. They did like a kangaroo court pun mm-hmm. thing. And then they just say it. And yep. I'm like, you couldn't just let it be a clever thing for people to notice. You had to like actually point it out and say, hey, look, kangaroo court. <laughs> oh, it gets even worse than that. It's like every single time the queen talks about, you know, you know, making a decision they're like, oh, well, it's not going to matter anyway. I think they probably referenced that three or four times over the course of that, like, six-minute segment. Or however long the, the courtroom scene is. It was too long, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of scenes in this one that were so long. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was, it felt that full 45 minutes. There's no doubt. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. after this, after this the hall of mirrors she ends up outside in a swamp because apparently her tears turned into a swamp in this version and this is where you meet the mad hatter and he does a dance to this insipid song (laughs) and it just goes on forever oh my god i i timed it it was only two minutes long it felt like six yeah (laughs) it felt so long oh i know it only two minutes it was such a crappy song like the i I didn't know that you could make music that, I mean, and obviously there's a lot of bad music, but my God, it, yeah, it, it felt so long. It, it and, was like they were trying to do like a Disney-esque song, but they didn't bother hiring an actual song where they were like, I could do it myself. Anybody can do that. And then they didn't <laughs> do any rewrites. They just went with the first draft. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's for sure. They were they kind of did again with like the Burton um Alice in Wonderland thing of making the Mad Hatter kind of a main character. He looked like a basic, just you know, bargain bin Disney prince. And and the, the tea time powers. Hair. Yeah, exactly. And the, the kind of tea time powers he had, like it makes me think that he needs to be the next great superhero because of all the stuff he could do with tea-based things. The character of the Mad Hatter was so weird. because like what is his point like who is he like he was just there i don't know why he was there like he was supposed was he like supposed to be a love interest because it felt like they were going for him being like an attractive young guy oh yeah and later he was like flirting with old ladies (laughs) (laughs) which was weird yeah i that's all i can get from it was they were trying to like play up that character again i almost think they were going for a and i i would have to look up when the burton um alice in wonderland came out but that's kind of what it felt like oh 2010 okay yeah this is three years before that wow (laughs) so maybe disney ripped off these guys (laughs) this this is not even the same type of thing because it was weird in a totally different way it was just and, and then you have the title too like what's the matter with hatter what what was the point of that title? No, <laughs> like there what wasn't was the one. matter with Hatter? Yeah, like, there wasn't any point to it. It didn't serve any purpose. 
other than, you know, again, the Mad Hatter was kind of, you know, it rhymed and the, they made the Mad Hatter kind of a, a kind of a main character with powers beyond, you know, normal Mad Hatters. Yeah, but they still titled it like there was going to be some issue with him. <laughs> and yeah. The only issue was that he was just like weirdly flirty. Yes, and he sang terribly. Maybe his problem was he was just a terrible singer. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and he he kind of like in in you mentioned in the uh, the other version or the other forty minute version, the Cheshire Cat showed up in a lot of places. You know, he played the Mad Hatter. He was kind of like Alice's advocate throughout the entire movie. That's kind of what the Mad Hatter was in this one. Maybe, but the Cheshire Cat was doing that too. <laughs> True. Yeah, that is true. The, 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 yeah. What did you think of the uh, Cloud King bear? Where did that come from? Like, what's the point of him? Like, I, that's not even a thing in the books. Like, there's not even anything from the books that could have inspired him. Yeah, he's kind of like the frog. Yeah. He was just a random character that decided to make up and throw in the movie. The only thing I can pull from that specifically is like you look at the whimsy of the characters of Alice in Wonderland and the Cloud Bear, Cloud King Bear could have existed in that universe, but the way that it's done is so off putting and just kind of weird. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. And I mean, the guy didn't even know how to use scissors. I really doubt his scissors skills. I, I don't know. It was just confusing as to what his point was. Yeah. He was a, he had some terrible puns too, like, I don't always have my head in the clouds. What the, the hell? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> it's one of those things where they think that they're being hilarious. Like they yeah. think that kids are gonna find this hilarious. Uh, well, it's it's I can whimsical just imagine, and weird. <laughs> I can just imagine kids staring at the screen blankly, like what? <laughs> Yeah, this one strikes me as one that was pitched as being um, being whimsically fun. And anything that's described as whimsically fun is never going to turn out well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that does bring up another thing. So, like, they had, you know, obviously you don't have to have humans playing all the roles. Like, you can you can use animals and make it effective. Mm-hmm. Like, Tweedledee and Tweedledum were moose. You had the, the Sky King or the Cloud King bear. You had... Um, the the queen of hearts was i think a lion or some kind of cat i think they were supposed to be a, a pair of lions the queen and king were both lions mm, okay the duchess was a goat the cards were wolves and sheep for some reason yeah what was with that that was so <laughs> weird like when they when they did the croquet um wickets all i could think was yeah that putting two people together isn't as cool as like having a card bend over backwards and become a uh, a wicket i yeah and then they had the dormouse as the as the um the croquet yeah. ball as compared to a hedgehog yeah that that's so weird it was like they needed to fit the dormouse into the story somehow so let's just replace the hedgehog with the dormouse but then like you don't give the march hare the same luxury of being included yeah <laughs> so or- like the dormouse isn't even one of the most memorable characters for like the average person like 
I don't think you, if somebody were to ask some random person on the street, name me five characters from Alice in Wonderland, I don't think the Dormouse would ever be in there. So, like, why did they feel like he was such an essential character that they had to replace the hedgehog with the Dormouse just to get him in the story? Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure a Dormouse doesn't roll that way where they can roll into a ball as well as a hedgehog can. No, and like if you look at the th- at the scene where he's like rolled up, it's like he's a perfect sphere, <laughs> just like with little dents where his like arms and legs are. Yeah. It was really weird. <laughs> I, you know, and yes, like you say, the characters there that would fit. I, I mean, the caterpillar would be more memorable than um, the dormouse, and I don't know. There's just there was some odd decisions. Well, speaking of odd decisions, like to get to the castle they they have wings like the the mad hatter has wings in his hat that attach themselves to their bodies and now they can fly and then they have that whole really long scene of them flying through the clouds that felt like it took forever but yep. if it's anything like the other scene it probably was only like a minute yeah, <laughs> but it exactly. felt like five <laughs> minutes just <laughs> randomly flying through the clouds for no reason <laughs> well and again it's I could see it as being something that could possibly happen in Wonderland. Like things of that nature could happen. Like, you know, it kind of fits the universe, but it there's no precedent for it. There's no there's no base for any of that. Mm-hmm. I I understand trying to make it your own thing, but you can do that and still hold on to stuff that made the original good. Yeah, it's. I don't know where they got that idea, <laughs> but I don't know where they got most of the ideas in this. So. Oh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, and and the look of the characters like i know that you gotta you know you work within the parameters that you have and i'm sure that they you know there was a lot of elements to build in something that's a 3d based animation mm-hmm. but did no one look at it and go well you know that cheshire cat is gonna cause you know massive amounts of nightmares maybe we need to redefine it you know and like most of the characters they've recast as animals and those look fine but the humans are super uncanny valley oh yeah alice especially she's just so dead-eyed yeah and it's like why not just get make everybody animals because it that the not that they were good by any means but the rest of the characters were fine yeah it's just alice was not yeah. Mad Hatter really wasn't. No, not even remotely. I kept expecting him. Like, for some reason, I thought of um, Tom Sawyer when I saw the the Mad Hatter. That's all I could think. I don't know if it was the I, hair, maybe? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, because he's sort of has that same vibe, probably similar age. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and then the only the only animal that that truly looked like it was a really good element was the dog. And I don't like I can't say why, like, but at the beginning I was thinking, oh, hey, you know, this looks like a semi decent animated piece. And all of a sudden it's like Alice shows up and you go, OK, forget what I said. <laughs> I thought he was ugly, too. So <laughs> yeah, he wasn't good, but he at least I don't know. It felt like there was a little bit more like texture and rendering to him. Like Maybe. everything else just kind of. God. My thing was I thought he looked too lumpy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> too many too many uh onion and turnip tarts. <laughs> uh turnip and tuna tarts, which um Oh, sorry. <laughs> why why did they change it to turnip and tuna tarts? They're just tarts. They're just they're just regular 
fruit tarts. So why did they, what, did they want the alliteration to make it turnip and tuna tarts? Like, why did they change it to something horrendously gross sounding? They wanted everybody to go, ooh, that's a gross combination, you know, and get a laugh out of a kid because between that and the god-awful puns, that's definitely going to make it worth a kid's time. Ugh. Maybe that offsets the creepiness of the Cheshire Cat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like you said, with the um, the trial, she gets really tall and gets stuck in the underground castle, I guess, right? I mean, the castle was apparently just a deck of playing cards like made into a card castle, but all of the actual rooms were underground. So when she grows big... Her head is like exploding out from underneath the castle. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, though, not the worst use of, you know, Alice getting big in in the four things that we watched. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a pretty low bar, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the uh, the end dance sequence. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She wakes up and she's like, oh, it was just a dream. And then Mad Hatter shows up and they start dancing. And then everybody else shows up and they all start dancing. And yeah, the, like what's, what's the point of making it a dream if everybody's going to show up anyway? Well, like, it, it's 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 um subverting your expectations. You go, oh, well, she was just dreaming. And then people start showing up and you're like, it wasn't a dream. Yay. Now the Cheshire Cat can really be nightmare fuel. So does Alice have teleportation powers? Because she didn't climb out of the hole where she went in. She just woke up. <laughs> she manifests every single one of them. She's she's like an X-Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, other people have random weird powers that they didn't have in the story. So why well, not I mean, Alice? Exactly. Well, I mean, the, the Hatter can, you know, manifest, you know, tea party stuff. And yeah. parts and things like that. And wings that actually work. Yeah, exactly. And that can attach and unattach. And though that song at the end, I, I feel like they were like, oh, you know, we've got we've got a real banger tune. This thing is going to blow the lid off everything. And it's just like the most generic Ugh. elevator music. <laughs> yeah, the music was not good in this. Yeah. What, uh, what, um... Well, I guess I'll ask after we get done. I was curious what what order you at you watch them in, but I'll I'll ask after you get done, because I think that does affect which one do you remember, one way or the other. Well, I mean, we could talk about it now because we're going to go on to the last one. But <laughs> <laughs> if that's cool, yeah. Today I watched them in order of the shortest one, and I think I watched What's the Matter with Hatter after that, and then the one by Video Brinkato. And then the 2010 cinematronic version. Okay. See, I watched um, What's the Matter Hatter and then the Videotronic one and then um, the five minute one, the little short one, and then um, the the radio or the cinematronic one. So, okay. So the 40, two 40 minute ones and then the five minute one and then the, the radio drama one. So. Well, I don't know that watching them in any order has that much to do with it, because I feel like the one that I've forgotten the quickest, I watched second to last, so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, that's fair. That's fair. 
But also, I have watched the What's the Matter with Hatter and the 2010 Cinematronic one before. It's been years, but I have seen them before. Oh, you so. poor, poor man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's why I said I can't believe I'm doing this to myself again. <laughs> <laughs> well, your your listeners will definitely appreciate your sacrifice, and I definitely appreciate your <laughs> sacrifice. Uh, well, I suppose we can go on to the final film, the one that is probably the most infamous. The 2010 Cinematronic version which is actually a recycled radio play from the 1940s that someone decided they needed to make an animated film out of. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Like, this this company made this film, and as far as I know, nothing else. Like, they popped up, made this film, and disappeared. I cannot find out why they made this film and anything about who made it or why it was made, anything. It's just so confusing to me. One thing I can tell you for sure is that, um, I guess, looking at the reviews for it, it actually was sold on DVD. Yeah. that's that. I mean, well, that's why they made it, to sell it. But, <laughs> like, it's just so confusing as to why they did anything that they did with this version this is one of the worst films i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a thing um wow i um like the original radio play it had some some legit act some legit voice actors in it um mm-hmm. dinah yeah. shore was a singer from that time and i mean she did stuff like she she did stuff from the the 40s all the way up until you know the the 2000s you had the guy that voiced the original elmer fudd i Mm -hmm. i I couldn't identify the outright like what characters they played but there were other voice actors from cartoons that i definitely recognized in there which you're talking Mm -hmm. you know kind of the heyday of you know like looney tune type cartoons but still Mm -hmm. i mean yeah the original radio play was decent i don't think it was amazing or anything i think no. i have a few issues with it just but it was fine there was nothing inherently awful about it it was just it was fine like that we actually reviewed the radio play my cousin and me we listened to it on a road trip at one point and then reviewed it on the road for we oh, called nice. it a road trip review like we filmed it we had like a gopro set up in the car and it, that's i i i like the original radio play because of that more than more than the further radio play itself oh no understood <laughs> that's really cool though what a what a neat thing and the cool memory for the two of you as well yeah so then to find this and see how they massacred it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the animation on this like as someone that works with animation sort of like this like a lot of what i do on my on my character can kind of relate to some of the things that they do here Mm-hmm. I appreciate the work that went into this because as as cheap as it's drawn, there is actually some I'm not gonna say art, but there this this isn't a, a hack job as far as the actual like voice movements and stuff goes. So there is some work that goes into it that into it that way. But the overall design and stuff, this this was the the actual drawings, there's no art to them. There's no it's just let's let's do this, let's make it, let's make it, let's let's make it a joke, basically. It was like they wanted it to look bad. 
Oh, I wouldn't be like, surprised. That's, that's the only reason I can think of for making the characters look the way they do. It's like they wanted it to look awful. Oh yeah, it's totally. It's meant to. It's meant to be that way. I guarantee you, this was not done by someone. At least from what I can see, it's not done by someone that wanted to make something look good. This was to not make fun of, but I think it was made to go. Hey, we've got this. We got this. You know. Um, public domain um radio show let's do something weird with it my question is though is it public domain or did they just find it on youtube and think that they could get away with taking it because it's like, in the 40s so yeah. does do radio does radio have the same rules as movies and books because as far as i know right now the 20s stuff in the 1920s is starting to come into public domain that's true. Um, well, you look at like um, "It's a Wonderful Life." Mm-hmm. That was public domain for a long time. That's why it was reshown. That's why it became a classic. Was because like in the seven, I think the sixties or seventies, or maybe even the eighties, um, mm-hmm. they were looking for things to show at Christmas time, and that was something that was public domain. So they pulled it out and put it up, and that was done in forty, thirty-eight, or forty. I thought, or maybe early forties. Either I think way, it so. was. Either way, it was it was done at a time like it definitely wasn't the because it's 50 years plus the life of the artist if you're talking traditional copy or traditional copyrights. But there can be places where things lapse, like if someone doesn't renew it properly. That's okay. what happened with that. So I would I it's possible that this could have happened that way because I don't think you could have gotten away with selling a DVD of it. And I suppose it depends on if someone noticed or not. But I, I feel like you would have had to have had that. It could be. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a law expert or anything. I just thought it's strange that they were able to take this thing from the 40s and yeah. do something like this with it. Well, and you think about even like um, the War of the Worlds. It kind of falls into that same vein because I've heard that broadcast redone. That's true. Maybe there are different rules for radios because for for radio programs because the War of the Worlds is sold by like all sorts of random people. Like exactly. it, I, I bought like some knockoff thing when I was a teenager at like Sam's Club, I think. <laughs> right. So you can buy that pretty much anywhere. So maybe there is different rules for radio broadcasts. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm not for sure. I mean, it could have just been like, a, hey, we found this thing. You know, we don't care about copyright. We're just going to take it. Otherwise, they might have cut enough out of it to make it fair use. Being I don't think they cut anything out of it. I think it was an hour when we listened to the radio version. Okay. Then, yeah, that would have been right around that same time. I'm not sure. Hmm. I don't know. It's a mystery. It is a mystery. <laughs> Either way, uh, she just... Uh, she looks constantly... Like, Alice looks constantly sleepy, the way her eyes are. It's... I don't even know. <laughs> it's just... Uh, she looks... She looks like I don't I don't say this lightly because a lot of people will throw this at anybody, but she looks like she's on drugs. Oh, yeah. And, and even the teeth. Oh, the teeth she, are terrible. Like, that's the worst part. And I'm sure that when they were drawing them and not knowing intent. So if they were going for just wanting to make something weird, they're probably looking at her as like a what? How old is Alice supposed to be like 10? I think she's supposed to be seven. Seven. Those would be. Generally speaking, those would have been the teeth drawn for like that age, you know, because you've got baby teeth or not baby. Te- yeah. 
You would have baby teeth at that point, right? Uh, yeah. And that's about um, the time where you start losing them, but you don't lose them in the manner that it looks like she would have had to lose them in order yeah. to achieve that look. <laughs> They're just yeah. like weirdly crooked snaggle teeth. Yeah. They look they look awful. Yeah, there's nothing good about them. And where you can see like with the animation, they just have her mouth go up and down. And yeah. you can see like the top teeth kind of moving at the same time sometimes. More so with other characters like the, the Cheshire cat, but yeah, it, it's it's it borders on nightmare fuel. Yeah, the all all the mouths move like that, and I thought it was both hilarious and horrifying and horrible <laughs> that the Cheshire cat when in the scene where he disappears except for his smile, they just leave behind the the little the mouth, the back part of the mouth that yep. goes down. They just left that behind instead of having his smile left behind. Yeah. That was so terrible and stupid and hilariously bad. Oh yeah. There there's no there's no getting that out of your head and God you you would you would show this version like the animation part of this to a class of animation students and just go, okay, everything that's done here is what you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely a what not to do lesson. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the worst things in this is the rabbit's teeth. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Especially the white rabbit's teeth. Cause the rest of them, they move like the, the March hare and the mouse and like everybody else they move relatively decently but yeah the the white rabbit whoever drew this had a vendetta against the white rabbit the teeth move like they're supposed to be the mouth but the way they have it it's like he has two tiny mouths side by side that move when he talks it is the most disgusting idea of how to move a mouth it's, it's one of the reasons where it's like, they had to have known that this is awful. They have to have done this on purpose. Yeah. Well, and the, the design of the of the White Rabbit was just, there, there's not a lot of great designs in this. This was drawn probably in MS Paint by someone that can't draw worth crap. It, but... it looks like an MS Paint thing. There's, there's actually, I, if I remember right, someone wrote a creepy pasta about this movie and really? called it the ms paint alice <laughs> <laughs> and it, in the story it's like they they find this dvd in the street and then they watch it and like it puts them in a hypnotic trance and they feel great while they're watching it and then they feel awful afterwards and then the alice from the movie is outside the window except she's not a cartoon it's oh, like God. a live action deformed thing looking at them <laughs> Uh, awesome uh, yeah great uh, i'm sitting by myself here in half darkness is she gonna come out of like like my hallway and try and kill me because <laughs> uh yeah i i didn't feel very good watching this and i certainly don't feel good you know afterwards so <laughs> you're like the only thing that's making this worth talking about <laughs> Yeah, it's it's already creepy in its own way, and it apparently moved someone in enough in enough of a creepy direction that they decided to write their feelings out as a story. Oh, that doesn't <laughs> surprise me in the slightest. Like, if of all of them, this one definitely would drive someone to make a creepy pasta. 
like like yeah. um the thing is like the the white rabbit is is terribly drawn but even worse than that i think is the dormouse like the the drawing on the dormouse yes. is just he looks like a poo emoji that's that's exactly what i said <laughs> 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 it's like they just stuck a little mouse, an ugly mouse head on top of it. And the way his mouth moves too, like his his whiskers, like his his face comes to a point, and it seems like that's a reoccurring thing with a lot of the characters, like the the baby of the Duchess, and um, there's like a bat at some point. Like they all have that same kind of everything comes to a point. Mm. Like it's, yeah, kind of yeah, but the way his the way the dormouse mouse's mouth moves like it's the whole lower half of his face like the the mm-hmm. whiskers and everything else it's just I... and it was also weird that they took like at first this was just the mouse like there's there's a mouse at the beginning when she's in the river of tears and that's the character but then he shows back up again and he's the dormouse but it's not the same character because it's not? no because he has a different voice actor and he acts different because the mouse at the beginning he's he's like swimming and then he ends up getting scared of her telling talking about dinah and he runs off and the dormouse is like a continuously sleepy character who barely moves and you could they just reuse the character design the well i'm assuming the whole character asset because they just took the the mouse, and then oh, now he's the door mouse. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you? If of all the characters to reuse, why would you use that thing? <laughs> well, it's like the other version where the door mouse was used in place of the hedgehog. Like, weird connections between <laughs> these movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Ugh. But still, it's just, that design is so terrible that. Yeah. I guess they loved it enough to use it twice. Yeah, they were they were very fond of that. That was their pride and joy piece right there. <laughs> <laughs> there's, oh man. There's so many bad design choices in this. Oh yeah. Like did you see like the Mad Hatter? All I could think was um the yellow hat oh, no, that's not his name. From Curious George, it's is it the yellow hat man? The man in the yellow hat. The man in the yellow hat. Like I, I kept getting those vibes from the from the Mad Hatter. He's like the evil cousin of the man in the yellow hat. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I, I felt bad though because like the the audio side of it, you know, like the songs they fit. You know, the, obviously, they, I think it was 1948. Mm-hmm. The, the songs had that that great chorus and kind of it felt like a Disney like a Disney theme. It had that. It, there was there was production quality to it and everything, and then you get this crap overlay of just these just terribly drawn characters. Yeah, it's it's they took something that was decent and then destroyed it. And I kept thinking, like, what a thing to have as Dinah Shore's final IMDb credit. Oh. <laughs> That's so horrible. Yeah, <laughs> tarnishing her name. Yeah. She had no say in this. She did not consent to be in this monstrosity. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> the um, I had to laugh at the uh, the eat me and drink me. Like, so there's a when like the little eat me and drink me, like the the drinks and the food were up on screen. They had mm-hmm. the kind of eat me, drink me, 
all I could think was Audrey 2 from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> exactly. He, but the original, like the 1960s um, Little Shop. Because it was just like, I'm hungry. Feed me. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the original. I've just seen the the musical with the the giant I don't know who played that thing. The giant, the giant plant. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I think it was just a bunch of puppeteers, but um, I don't remember who voiced it. But yeah, the nineteen sixties version, well worth a watch, just because it is just so. It was shot in like two days, I think, and it just, oh, it's such a crazy little movie. But it's it, there's no music. It's just, uh, it's a fun movie, but it's it's one you just you gotta. It's like watching this kind of stuff. <laughs> you have to go okay. Put all expectations aside. It's going to be weird and cringy. And uh, yeah, you're going to recognize a lot of stuff from it, but you're not going to recognize anything. There was, I kind of, I'd, I'd had this idea in the back of my head to do Little Shop of Horrors for this podcast because there are, there are at least three things that I could include as different episodes. Cause I know there's the old version and mm-hmm. then there's the musical and then, technically there's two versions of the musical so that i probably wouldn't do two episodes for that but that's another version that you could talk about and then apparently i have not been able to find it which is what's why i haven't really pursued this there's it was an animated series that's like been completely forgotten from history and is not available to watch anywhere and i if i could find that i probably would do a series on little shop of horrors (laughs) I would I would go looking for it to help you out just to be able to do the 1960s version and to see your reactions because <laughs> that it is so like the first time I saw the original version I was I was so like just how is this how, how did they get the goodness of the 19 or the musical out of out of this but the more <laughs> that I've watched the original version the more it's kind of become endeared to me because it is so just it's such a it's such a it fits Roger Corman was the guy that did it and it fits his aesthetic so much at that point in, in like his movie making career. It's amazing. Hmm. But you'll notice that we're talking about little shop of horrors and not this version of Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> uh, it says that little shop of horrors is phenomenally better than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the 1960s version of that. I would rather watch that on repeat for a solid week. Then watch this monstrosity again. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think I've even seen it, and I would say, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... I, you hate to think that it's intentionally ugly, but I kind of feel like it was intentionally ugly. That's the only thing that I can think of. Like, why would they design it like this and think that they're doing a good job? Yeah. You know, it almost makes me wonder. So you go back to like uh, around this time, probably, but there was, they're called posts. Um, They're just kind of like taking the piss out of people and Mm -hmm. stuff. But this was a kind of animation that actually came up quite a lot at that time. And I'm wondering, I'm just going to do a quick search quick because I I do think that there was, I'm trying to think what the name of the video was. Um, Oh, uh, it was on E-Bombs World, but it was called The End of the World, and it's just this crappy animation. Um, And there was a lot of it that went around at that time. Well, more like 2008. And depending upon when 
this was actually done because something like this, even something of this quality, isn't going to be something that was done overnight. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it was done in that at that similar point in time, that would have been an animation style that was popular on YouTube. I mean, it could be, but like, even if it was, that's like sh- short videos. I can't imagine the audience for the short videos is going to be looking for a full-length yeah. feature version of that. Oh, I agree. I'm just trying to, because it's done in a really similar style to the the end of the world. The, yeah, the end of the world is what it was called, and it was like everybody nukes everybody else, basically. But it's mm-hmm. in the it's. I know that was a style that was popular then. So you know, you've got multiple multiple people doing that. Someone might have taken this as a challenge and done it just because they wanted to. I suppose. I mean, I 2010 like YouTube tw- explanation better than others that I've yeah. <laughs> tried to come up with or seen. I mean, that's that's really all I've got as an answer. But like 2008 YouTube or 2010 YouTube, I guess, in this respect, would have been still pretty open ground as far as what YouTube was. It was more yeah. experimental. Yeah, definitely. So if it did originate on YouTube, which I'm not sure, or even if it was just inspired by that, I mean, you know, you look at the variety of movie reviewers are out that are out there and what they do you know something like this could be in that same realm only in the realm of animation it could be that's the only that's literally the only that is the best and only explanation i can come up with for why this exists in this form yeah it's the most generous explanation (laughs) (laughs) you aren't wrong uh so the one thing that struck me a lot about these different versions was for some reason the queen struck with me and obviously she's a big character but mm-hmm. like i don't like the look of this one but she feels a little bit out- outside of the one that looked like the disney ripoff i think she looks better than the other two so you get like the disney ripoff of the queen or the the queen of hearts and then this one and then the other two are kind of there and maybe that's just me being generous to this one but I don't know. You're being far more generous than me because I looked at the king and queen and I thought, are they trying to do a racist Chinese caricature? <laughs> I didn't think about that. I was just thinking about the way the cards looked because they are a white cardstock. Because like the king character definitely looks more like a king that you'd see on a deck of cards. I suppose. Yeah, I didn't know what they were going for with those characters because they're they're like right on the edge. It's like, what are they trying to do here? You know what? I could also see a racist portrayal though, too. Looking at the king, especially like he's got that kind of a very a very like pencil thin mustache, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there's not a much about these that make a lot of sense, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't know if they, like, I didn't know what the point of the duchess being a big black lady like that felt questionable to me yeah like why much so. <laughs> why did they do that and the old the, the most generous <laughs> explanation i could come up with and i don't even know if this is generous it's like they heard the voice in the radio program and thought and eh, she sounds black <laughs> <laughs> i don't know no i i would agree i would agree with you on that point i think that's definitely outside of malicious intent i think that is probably the most logical one or the mm. most logical explanation of why that is yeah i hope there was no malicious intent with these <laughs> that's just i don't i I really don't i don't i think there was probably like someone going tee hee hee i'm gonna make a funny thing but i don't think it was specifically 
even at its most base, I, I think this was meant to be harmless at the time. Like, it doesn't strike me. It's badly drawn, but it's not like they didn't take Alice and, you know, give her like, you know, saggy boobs. And, you know, like, I mean, her face is weird, but it's not like ugly, I guess. It's just poorly drawn. There's a difference, maybe. You're still being more generous than me. I know. I'd say she's ugly. (laughs) And I'm trying to, I'm trying to think too of the time, like if there would have been things that would have, you know, inspired it. But I, I don't know enough about like animation on YouTube or animation on Ebaum's world. There was just, there was so much, there was a lot of experimentation at the time. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is obviously crap, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't see maliciousness here. Yeah, I think that there was a lot. There's a lot more you could do to be malicious, and this doesn't strike. It doesn't strike me as malicious. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. They didn't screw with the audio to make them say weird things. They just took yeah. it as it was, and kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. There were also things in here that they put. I don't even know if it was like a purposefully weird spin on it, because it felt like they had never read the book. Like in the scene where she's in the house and mm-hmm. Bill is supposed to go down the chimney. Bill is a lizard. Mm-hmm. In this, he looked like some sort of a bug. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a lizard. No, definitely not. Yeah, he had he even had like the kind of um like a like a ladybug's like the way that its its shell opens up and back and the wings yeah. come out. Yeah, he 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 was a bug. There's no, yeah. he, he's just a bug, and then the frog footman and the fish messenger, they're they've been replaced with playing cards for some reason. Easy to draw, maybe. Maybe I don't know, and then you have the cook, who is a rat, for some reason. Man, I, I can't say one way or the other on that. I well, and and the. The, the look of the baby too just the way it was laid out just like the, ba- I, I, the baby gonna... was awful <laughs> i oh, mean yeah. technically the baby is supposed to be ugly but i feel like they made it looked like it had a horn it was supposed to be hair but it looked like it had a single horn growing out of the top of its head yeah it's just really awful well and again it kind of took that that whole kind of a i mean it like you look at um, Alice's face and they kind of, they use points a lot. Like you look at her face and the queen's face are kind of like, like Alice's face goes very wide as a football and the queen's face kind of goes long as a football. And you've kind of got that yeah. same kind of football shape on the, um on the baby. Yeah. Kind of. Like I say, there was a lot of those kind of weird, weird shapes that there was a lot of pointed, like kind of football esque shapes in here and not, I don't think it means anything specifically. I think they're probably just easy shapes to draw. Probably. What did you think of this Cheshire cat? Oh boy. <laughs> I, still just, I, I still think um, the matter with the Hatter was the worst. Yes. Oh, definitely. This one was, was creepier when it was just the mouth, but the rest of it was Slightly above the matter with Hatter, <laughs> uh, but not by much. Yeah, it was not good. And I'm not even, Oof. even though I have like a fondness for the radio play, I did not like the voice of this cat in the radio play. No. He just has like a squeaky, annoying, 
sometimes almost unintelligible sound to his voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know whether they just didn't get him close enough to the mic. Oh, no, they, they it was sorry. I had to think about it for a second. They added a lot of the meows in there and stuff. Yeah, it was. Yeah. None of them really hit it. And I guess I think you do. You get that. You get the the voice that you think. And I think the you know, you think about the um, the Disney animated movie, mm-hmm. you know, Cheshire. And that kind of sets a precedent. It's kind of like um, Robin Williams playing the genie. Mm-hmm, you can have mm-hmm. other people play that role, but the one that you're always going to go to will be Robin Williams playing that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, f- I can't think of any Cheshire Cat that I like as much as the Disney version. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's it's... just, he set a standard that others have not been able to meet. Exactly. He is the I heat will... let... okay. I will say, though, 90... 1999. I do like 1999 because Whoopi Goldberg plays the Cheshire Cat, and I do like well, that one. <laughs> well, there you go. So a close second, but never quite as good. Yeah. <laughs> this version, uh, it's just the animation is consistent. I guess it's consistently, you know, they they don't they don't try and up anything. Everything is as it is mm-hmm. from the start to the finish. I can see the work that went into it because there is for again for all of the crap animate or the, the crap backgrounds and stuff they are there was work put into this you know the animation of the mouths and stuff is not something that it was done in a few minutes it, it took time i still think anything that you put out on your channel is still like oh better than this <laughs> well no i agree but if you're talking 2010 i mean you're talking 11 years difference to do this kind of animation in 2010 wouldn't have been same basic concept as what I do, but yeah, definitely much, much easier to execute now versus then. Mm, I suppose. Yeah. Cause some of that can be automated. Yeah, exactly. And I that's a lot of could have been back then. No, no agreed. And a lot of mine is the, it's the program that does the work in 2010. It would have more than likely, there would have been some, some help in the programs that they most likely used here, but overall it would have had to have been a lot of, like hand done stuff so and that to animate any kind of mouth thing to get it remotely accurate it takes time like it it's mm-hmm. it's a time intensive thing and it gets boring quick i can relate <laughs> <laughs> one other big thing that we have to talk about is the griffin oh god <laughs> oh dude that is not a griffin no that's a glorified kind of dragon thing, yeah? Yeah. Just because it didn't I, have scales. Yeah, Griffin is the lion eagle. What What do they think a griffin is? <laughs> <laughs> they got their wires crossed. They looked at the wrong thing. Uh, <laughs> I suppose. It was hideous. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty thing. I will say, though. It did make me laugh. Anytime he tried to take her somewhere, he just grabbed her by the top of the head and flew away. <laughs> that was good. That was good. And highly, you know, it, it was deserved. It was definitely deserved. Oh, man. <laughs> well, and then at the end when they all appear and, like, the griffin is just, like, sitting there like he's flying. He's kind of sitting at, like, kind of a weird angle on the screen. I don't think I noticed him specifically at the very end. There was too much going on in that scene. Yeah, no, agreed. <laughs> they also have the mock turtle looks 
off as well. And that's another reason why I don't know if they've ever read the book. Because the mock turtle is supposed to be a turtle body with cow features. Mm. This is a turtle that just has a beak and like a green monkey tail. <laughs> yeah, at first, like the glasses, I thought that he was like, I thought he had like um one of those joke, like the joke glasses with like the mustache and the nose. That's what I when I first saw him, I thought, oh, he's he's a he's a mock turtle, as in he's you know pranking and stuff. But nope, <laughs> just part of who he was. <laughs> no, yeah, no, the mock turtle is he looks the way he does for a reason because he was supposed to be a reference to mock turtle soup, which when turtles were made into soup years and years and years ago, they were really expensive, so the poor people would make mock turtle soup out of beef. Which is why oh. the mock turtle was a part cow, part turtle creature. Well, did you notice at the end, like, uh, um, Alice was talking about hearing the mock turtle sing and then all of a sudden the cows appear in the background? And she's like, oh, it's just a turtle, or it's just the cows coming home. <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't even think of that as a reference, and I feel like it's kind of generous to be making that a reference, but sure. <laughs> I'm trying to draw, I'm trying to make some, my mind is trying to make some sort of sense of this weird thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether it be real or not, I am, I am sticking with that. I am sticking with that. If anyone ever asks me about this specific adaptation and, and the cows in the background, that that is going to always be my answer, unless someone proves me wrong. <laughs> which if that comes up in conversation another you know time in my lifetime <laughs> I, I will go out and buy a lottery ticket because the chances are good that i'm going to win the lottery <laughs> yeah i can't imagine this movie coming up in real life <laughs> yeah that unless you run across a creepypasta but <laughs> uh, the thought of that it's gonna haunt my dreams i'm kind of like like i've got a blind that's sitting a, just a little bit up so i can see like out the window <laughs> Just looking out the window and thinking, crap, you know, a, a real life version of Alice is going to come through my window and like try to try to take me out. <laughs> I'm going to sleep with a baseball bat or something. <laughs> I don't remember how that story ended, but I feel like a baseball bat was involved. <laughs> oh, well, hey, there you go. There you go. Well, and creepypastas never end well, so I'm sure I'm, I'm kind of out of luck. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> well, is there a whole lot else to say on this particular um, giant air quotes version? Uh, I don't know. Just at the end is another scene where all the characters are in real life for some reason. Yeah. Like, it makes even less sense here because the, it just sort of pans out and, like, everybody is standing around yep. Alice and her other her weird sister who looks absolutely nothing like her. Oh, it's such a weird, like the giant lips. What are with the giant lips? I don't know. <laughs> I think she also had like a mole or something. I think that was supposed to be her nose. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. It was kind I remember, of off center. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing um, Alice's nose and it's like, okay, well she's got an L nose. Her, her um, sister is either, you know, like a stepsister or radically radically like different ends of the spectrum as far as how they got their looks from their parents because there there's no like even skin color there's nothing yeah no nothing. 
like drawn by two completely separate people. Yeah, it almost seemed that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's the end of that one. Yeah, yeah. Although the best part of this version was probably the griffin. <laughs> Grabbing her by the head and flying away. Yep, yep. <laughs> Actually, you're probably right. I think that is the part that I enjoyed the most. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the fact that it was not... It, it was probably drawn with the intention of it being funny, but it is the most unintentionally funny thing in these four pieces. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> or top three, at least. Yeah, but I don't really feel like going through them and making a list. So. No, no, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't have any immediate plans of ever watching these again, but I think I said the same thing years ago when I first did my <laughs> reviews. I didn't imagine myself in the future doing it again for a podcast. Oh, you would be amazed the times where that where I've said that and they come back up time and time again for whatever reason. Uh, I wonder if there will ever be a reason for me to revisit those War of the Worlds films. Oh. <laughs> Frankly, you know, and this is going to sound terrible, but I would rather watch like this version, <laughs> like the, the this 2010 version of this again over those two War of the World movies again. Like... Uh, I'd rather watch the Santa Claus and the Ice Cream Bunny on repeat than watch <laughs> War of the Worlds again. Or those two versions. You know, when I was watching these, I was thinking I would rather watch the War of the Worlds one. But now that I'm thinking back, those were like really long. Yep. And this is only an hour. So yeah. this is less torture. So yes. I guess I would rather watch this one. <laughs> Agreed. Well, and you know, again... And maybe it's just because, you know, you you get into it and you're kind of watching it, but it didn't drag. Like, and maybe, and, and the audio, the, the, the actual voice work and radio play of this made it not suck. That's true. It did move along in a decent clip. It was, you know, you had decent act or decent voice actors. It was entertaining. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the terribleness of the animation made you go, oh my God, over and over and over and over again. I mean... <laughs> From that perspective, and I know you're probably not going to agree with this, but uh, this version, based on that stuff alone, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed this one more than the others, and I don't know what that says about me as a person. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I had to like rank them where this one would land for me. I don't know. They're all so they're all so bad in their own unique ways. They they really it's really are. hard. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, and again, they all took like the same. They took what should have been the same base story, and they all did it in uniquely crappy ways. Like none of them really repeated. Yeah, you know what? If I'm ranking them, like a lot of the ways that I rank movies, I think about how likely I would be to rewatch them. And even though these none of these would be ones I'd want to rewatch. Like, if I was forced to pick one and not think about the length of time, I think this would probably be the one I'd pick to watch again. Because I really don't want to watch What's the Matter with Hatter again. That was <laughs> that, that one was just so insipid. Yeah. The, the one after that, the, in time length, around the same time, it's so forgettable and boring that I don't know that I'd want to sit through that one again. I guess maybe 
This is the shortest one I would watch again because I did like sort of like some of the backgrounds, mm-hmm. which is not saying much when you're it's praising something... the background over yeah. like the animation and whatever. But I guess I li- I did like some of the creativity there, even though it was total Disney ripoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. And that's maybe some of the reason that you like it too, was because it did take those elements that you were somewhat familiar with, and they were you know 99% ripoff but there was still that little bit of of its own thing yeah i suppose <laughs> no but agreed um definitely this one would be on top without giving it thought mm-hmm. the two uh 40 45 minute ones would probably be at the bottom and then yeah the the 5 minute one would be behind this one so yeah the what's the matter with hatter just it's so dull yeah <laughs> so bad and dull and it lo- it's it felt longer than this one. Oh and yeah this one is definitely longer than what's the matter with that or oh yeah well <laughs> on the fact that you've got a two minute song or a two and a half minute song uh, that feels like it's a six minute thing yeah uh, mm. i mean arguably it had more going on than um the other 40 minute one but god it just uh, yeah I can't even identify for you why what made that like why it was longer if it was the songs or if it was the boring visuals or what because the other one had like hours of exposition basically (laughs) it did feel that way yeah that and the weird like foreigner subplot thing was just so strange (laughs) so what was with that oh yeah no that's the weirdest addition i've ever seen in one of these Agreed. A little spy cam in the the flower. Ugh. Yeah. It would have been interesting to be in a, a fly on the wall of, you know, that production, you know, meetings of what they were going to do. And, hey, we're going to add a foreigner thing in there because, you know, topical issues for, you know, six-year-olds or whatever. <laughs> it felt like something that someone would throw out in a pitch meeting that, if you were like at Disney or Pixar, it would be like the first thing that they would get rid of as a potential subplot. But somebody threw it out and we're like, yeah, let's just go with it. Yeah, we need filler. <laughs> <laughs> we can have like whimsical flowers that spy on people. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's probably going to be the end of this weird discussion. <laughs> yes, although. <laughs> As always, entertaining. Yes, it was a lot more fun to talk about them than it was to watch them. Oh, it was yeah. a chore to get through those today. <laughs> Not going to disagree with you on that point, because, oof. You know, I didn't even write that many notes on each one. But, Me neither. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was a waste of paper or not. <laughs> I'm starting to think that my nurse, my notes are so cursed. They're probably going to come back and look at my notebook tomorrow and it's going to be all black goo or something. I had the most notes on what's the matter with Hatter and that was two and a half pages. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think the most I had was a page and a quarter and then the least was for that five minute piece, just like, like a quarter page or something. And just like, yay, five minute piece. Woo. <laughs> well, my notebook is kind of small, so... <laughs> Oh, that's if fair. I was using a big notebook, it probably would just been like one page or less. Yeah, I get you. Well, now let's not um, compare uh, page sizes here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, well, I guess, do you want to let people know where they can find you in the future if they want more from you? Absolutely. After this, I'm not sure they're going to want to. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, if you are looking uh, to find me, you can find me on YouTube at Trivial Theater. And that's trivial, or sorry, that's theater with an E-R, not an R-E. I'm just not that fancy. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Trivia underscore Chick, and that's Chick without a K. Okay, and I'll have links to those in the description. As always, Jonathan, you've brought me some interesting ones, and it was my pleasure to suffer along with you. Yeah, I, I, it was my pleasure to talk about them. Maybe not watch them, but to talk about them afterwards. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of, the, one of those things about it. You have to suffer through watching them in order to enjoy talking about them. Yes, that is sadly true. <laughs> yes, but we suffer together. You know, we are, we are yeah. stoic. We are stoic uh, Midwesterners, and uh, we have been through worse. We have been through the both World of Worlds <laughs> movies, and um, we survived these, and uh, we can survive whatever else comes next. Yes, I, we have some ideas, so this will not be the last time you see us talking together. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for joining me. I guess we'll see you next time. That was my pleasure. Take care, Jonathan. <laughs> Bye. Thank you to Nikki for joining me for this extra long episode. I'll have her links in the description below. Next time we'll be talking about something a lot better than this time, but I'm actually editing this way in advance, so I guess it'll be a surprise for me too. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.